What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Philosophy. My name is Phil. I'm the host. Welcome back. We're excited to have you on this podcast. We appreciate your weekly support and listening. We apologize that it's been a few weeks. Um, we've been kind of off and on. It's been kind of crazy around here. In good old Leesburg, as you guys well know, I work for First Baptist Church at Leesburg. I'm the media director here, and we have been preparing for our, the Christmas production. Uh, it was called Behold, and uh, a Christmas encounter. It was really cool. We had it this last weekend on December 3rd, and it came out really well, really beautiful, very worshipful, and very thankful for the, for the leadership of Stephen Wagamont and putting that together, Sean Smith, Abby Matthewson, Christina Yearing, all pulling us together, Davis and Matt, and there was a lot of guys and gals behind it. We had over 200-plus people on stage. It was such an awesome event. It's, it's Try campus. I really encourage you guys, if you're listening to this, to next year come check it out. It was a lot of fun, but yeah, we were kind of busy just rocking back and forth with that, um, making that happen. And so, but so missed a missed an episode here. Had Anna and Wallace on, and then Thanksgiving came around and missed an episode there. And then we came back together with uh, Pastor Damien last week. And so, I want to just kind of keep giving you guys stuff, but. Wanted to give you a little heads up that it is currently uh, 1.30 in the morning on Friday, December 8th. And you're probably wondering yourself, why in the world are you up at 1.30 in the morning? Uh, well, I'm questioning myself on that one, too. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. And uh, unfortunately, no, there's nobody on this podcast with me tonight. It's just me and you guys. So we're going to have a good time and kind of see what happens, see where it goes, see where it lands. You never know. I, uh, 1.30 in the morning, I'm wide awake surprisingly i'm not as tired as i thought i would be at this time but currently getting ready for a weekend off so looking forward to that bachelor party weekend for one of my best friends he's getting married end of this month and so looking forward to hanging out with him and planning that and being a part of that and so going up and going up north and having a good time with that so that's gonna be fun um can't really say too much just in case he decides to listen to this before we pick him up tomorrow morning at like 12 o'clock. So here's uh, here's hoping he doesn't listen to this and then determine where we're going. And up north could be anywhere. So uh, could be North Florida, could be Canada. You never know. But uh, but yeah, so we're just going to hang out tonight on the podcast. And so kind of on the podcast, when I bring people on, I like to kind of hear this story a little bit and share what's going on with them and have some kind of kind of deeper talked with them and just kind of get to know them like who is so-and-so why do you believe why do you believe it and one thing I don't think I really have gotten to give share you guys and give you guys is kind of who am I who is Phil and so kind of want to give you a little introduction kind of my testimony a little bit on who I was who I am um still here and alive thankfully so um who I who am I who's Phil I am a 25 year old college student i run my own business i work for the church i love doing it i became a christian back in 2008 october 2008 i uh, got saved in the movie theater that was fun um the secrets of jonathan sperry really good movie i would recommend seeing it to anybody it was uh, a really cool and exciting experience got to go down and accept christ my dad took me down that day and that night and it was one of those like hey pray the prayer here's the here's the card sign this do this and there you go you're good to go and i mean i didn't really i didn't really connect with it till about the next christmas so that's about two and a half months later 
That's when I really started to connect with it, that I realized that, no, this is really what I did back in October meant. And I feel like at that point, that's when it really connected and it clicked with me. And then been just kind of growing ever since, walking, doing the best I can. Obviously, we all fall short every single day. And so just kind of living and walking the best we can, right? And so that's just a little bit about who I am, um, kind of my testimony. If uh, anybody's listening and wants to know more, would love to talk with you in person about that. But but I wanted to sit here and talk to you guys tonight. Kind of, why did we do this podcast? Why did I decide to create a podcast called Philosophy? And, and you know, how our podcasts and talk about don't really get that philosophical sometimes. And, and so reason we call it a philosophy is just for the sake of my name is in the, in the podcast and I thought it was cool and be, be a lot of fun to have and I've really enjoyed doing it and you know I think we're 13 to 14 episodes in and so a lot of fun um season two is going to be coming soon so we're going to have some new looks on that new twists and so that'll be exciting to kind of continue on with that enjoying it really having a good time um just kind of keep 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 on going until I feel like the it's not really uh tied to this anymore but I had to sit here into myself and said, well, I'm by myself. It's 1.30 in the morning. Who am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? Because um, I just, I don't, as much as I love to talk, and if anybody's listening, they know I love to talk. Talking by myself is kind of one of those things that's like, well, you never know where you're going to go. And so I kind of have to have a pathway and direction. And so there is a talk that I like to give, and I've given it several times to uh, different, you know, college students, high school students. And it kind of talks about in this world that we live in, it's being hopeless and dark and what the reality that looks like, you know. Um, living in a world 2023 where the what is gender, what is right, what is wrong, what is up and down seems to be confusing. To a time when, when I was... 10 and or and younger to when I first got saved and the things that are called into question today weren't called into question back then and and now and now more than ever it's it's hard to live out your faith and walk your walk your faith because every time you say something you're going to get questioned and concerned or I'm not going to get canceled or I'm going to get whatever and we have to stand up for what we believe in we have to make war against everything going on and no I don't mean make physical war like fighting people in in physical war i don't mean that i mean spiritual war i mean attacking and praying and being on the front lines and being a part of that if anybody knows that's why i wrote the song battle cry um i I rap and i do uh, stuff like that i don't really like to bring attention to it because it's not my forefront it's not my forte i love doing it i enjoy it but i made a decision a long time ago that if i'm going to rap i'm going to have a point behind it not just look at me look at the glory just i'm going to have a reason for why i do what i do and so that reasoning was to make sure that people followed god and knew what they were getting into what that what this life looks like and so when i decided i wanted to start writing my own music that was the same concept i wanted to make sure that my music wasn't just about look at me, look at me, look at me. It was look at him, look at him. Don't look at me, look at him. And so that's why when I wrote Battle Cry, that was um, that song had, had so many different variations and name titles and, and different directions. But I specifically remember a Tuesday morning at TAG um, at our church. We have a women's uh, ministry event that happens every, every Tuesday. And it's um, really cool. It's really an uh, awesome, unique event. 
but we have, and I remember Pastor Stephen Wagamon, our worship pastor, was talking about when we were singing the song Battle Belongs by Phil Wickham that, that that chorus is, so when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high because, God, the battle belongs to you. And so that's how we have to fight. I hit my knees thanking God that I'm sanctified. You know, it's time for us to stand up. It's time to make war. It's something we can, it's something we can't give up, something we cannot ignore. And so, he said it's finished, and he said it's done. The battle's already won. The battle's already there. He's already conquered the conquered and won the battle. We just have to stand up and fight. And in order to fight, we have to get on our knees and and fully surrender. And so, which is the complete opposite of how you would win a war. <laughs> you know, World War One, World War Two would have not been won if we surrendered. But in the spiritual wars and spiritual battles, we have to surrender every day to the cross of Christ and to God in order to win the battles of the day and to walk forward and to grow in Him. And so it's kind of, kind of a, the, you know, such a, you know, kind of an oxymoron, you know. You have to, you have to, in order to fight and make war, you have to surrender. Like, that doesn't make any sense. But it's that's one of the most unique and beautiful things is because the war's already run. The war's already completed. We just have to surrender and trust that God is going to do what he says he's gonna do and be there be where he says he's gonna be and be who he says he's gonna be who he says he is. And it's such a unique and beautiful thing to think about. And it's just um and so that's just why I, I wrote that song and that's why I just I sit here and I created the idea of philosophies, you know. The podcast had several different directions it could go and what it could do and who it could be and how it could be and all the things. And so I just decided that the why, why am I doing this? Why would I do a podcast and why would I have a conversation? It's just I want to point people to Christ and point people to the direction of like this is you're not alone in this fight. You're not alone in the war. There's other people out there that are walking through similar battles, similar struggles, similar things. And that maybe just that one person well, could listen here that if they their lives may be changed that it would be worth it the all the you know kind of quote-unquote effort that gets put into doing something you know and it's fun and i enjoy it too it doesn't mean that you can't do things that you enjoy and love it's not all about that but it's you know, it's it's important to have the why behind you do what you do and so that's just kind of a little bit about who i am and what i do and why we do the podcast and so I just like to have fun. I like to have people on. We talk about things, but that's why I kind of ultimately like to center it back to, to Christ. Is because that's why why we do as Christians what we do is because Christ has to be the center of all that we do. And so, in this world, it's hopeless. It's 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 scary. It's uh, makes you speechless. <laughs> like I I just don't, I don't have words to describe how I feel when I look at this world. And I, it's, you know, you can't just ignore it anymore. You can't just look at it. But I've been having to do part of the job at the church. So we do a lot of funerals. And we did, did two funerals back-to-back this week. Um, one on Tuesday and then one on Thursday. And it's no light job to do a funeral. I have mad and high respect for the pastors that um, do the funerals and, and deal with the families and handle all of the things and, and that kind of stuff. I... Um, a year and and some change ago, I lost my grandmother, and it's been hard walking through that life and missing her every single day. Um, but knowing that 
she's in heaven now is is gives me the the hope that I know I'll see her again this is just nice not over and so that's the hope that we have as Christians is we know that in every helpless situation that God will come through in the end and you sit there and you look through the Bible and just there's hundreds and hundreds of stories that God's children were in hopeless situations but in the end God stepped up and did what he said he was going to do and we just have to trust that he's going to do what he says he's going to do when he says he's going to do it and that his timing is not our timing and it's not going to be the timing that we like it's not going to be what we want but it's going to be what is best for us and we have to trust that and so excuse me I wanted to kind of talk to you guys tonight a little bit about one of the stories that I love is the story of Joshua on the wall of Jericho um, and so, uh, we're kind of going to a little teaching session here. And so if you guys are listening and want to join in, um, grab your Bibles. We're going to be in Joshua chapter six, verses one through 16. And, um, so that's going to be our main focus there, kind of being that passage of scripture. And if you're uh, wondering what version I'm reading the HCSB, which is the hardcore Southern Baptist Bible, uh, not really, it's the, uh, Holman Christian standard, but, um, when I kind of wrote this, pathway down um for this like teaching lesson as i said earlier i've taught uh, this lesson a couple times to some college students and high school students but um i use the hcsb because i I think it think it really kind of resonates really well with how um i feel is best way to understand this story and so again this is just my take of the story doesn't um necessarily mean it's uh 100% the one way everybody would take this story. So I encourage you to not just listen to what I say and take it for uh, fact and and truth. Even though I believe I'm telling you the truth, I believe I'm reading purely from Scripture and what I believe it is is telling me and what I took from it. But um, we need to read the Scripture. So Joshua 6, 1 through 16. Read the story of the wall of Jericho. See that story of the hopeless situation and how God came through. And kind of just see for yourself. Take that time, test the scriptures, to ask the Holy Spirit to to teach you and show you what he's going to find and what you're going to find through the story. But um, but yeah, so my kind of um, opinion is we're going to, we're just going to break it down kind of a few verses at a time. And the first verse I want to talk about is uh, Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 where it says, Now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites, no one leaving or entering. So what does it mean, strongly fortified? The wall of Jericho, what does that mean? What is the whole situation? Well, before we even get to the wall, the Israel army would have to get through a 27-foot wide, 9-foot deep pit that surrounded the outer cities of the wall. And it's just insane to think that it's a 27-foot wide, 9-foot deep pit surrounding the outer walls of the city. Just You have to get through that first. That's step one, get through that. If you got through that, then there was the wall itself. And so, if you're looking at a 20-23 standard wall, you're looking at, like, what, stucco, drywall, um, block, cinder block. Most things are a couple of feet thick at most, maybe a foot or two feet thick. Nothing too crazy or exciting. But, man, this wall, it was 17 feet high and 5 foot thick of solid stone. I mean, purely impenetrable. And then at the top of the wall were, re- were well-trained archers ready to fire. So if you get through all of that, that was just the outside. This did not include the well-trained Canaanite army that awaited inside the wall if they were ever to get through 
the outside first, the outside pit, the outside wall, and the outside archers. If they were to get through all of that, they still had the well-trained Canaanite army on the inside. So this was the reality for Joshua and his ragtag army. They, you know, you know the descendant story. Past Jericho was the promised land. They had seen generations live and die. They had, they were tired. They were hungry. They saw this as an impossible task. Like there's no way we're going to get through this. And so well, we're going to continue on through verse 2 and 5. And it says, The Lord said to Joshua, Look, I have handed Jericho, its king, and fighting men over to you. March around the city with all the men of war, circling the city one time. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven ram's horns trumpets in front of the ark. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priests blow the trumpets. When there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear it sound, have all the people give a mighty shout. Then... The city wall will collapse, and the people will advance, each man straight ahead. So I want Jesus to think about that plan for a minute. They had seen generations live and die. So I'm just, I'm a, I'm a visual thinker, right? So I want you to envision just kind of a desert full of just people. All ages, from kids to adults to teenagers to college age. I mean, they didn't have college back then, but you know the, the idea. College age students to super old people to just all, all around, all these age people. And they had seen generations and generations live and die and live and die and live and die. And the only plan that was come up is walk around the wall, blowing horns, walking in silence. And then on the seventh day, scream really loudly. And all of a sudden, this 17 foot high, five foot thick wall of stones just going to come crumbling down. Mm-mm, I don't think so. I, I, I would personally be downing it the whole time. Like, no way. Not, not, nope, not possible. This is the plan? Are you kidding me? So we continue to verse 6. And you'll see that it says, Joshua, So Joshua, son of Nun, summoned the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and have seven priests carry seven trumpets in front of the Ark of the Lord. He said to the people, Move forward around the city and march, and have the armed troops go ahead of the Ark of the Lord. After Joshua had spoken... To the people, seven priests carrying seven trumpets before the Lord moved forward and blew the trumpets. The Ark of the Lord Covenant followed them. While the trumpets were blowing, the armed troops went in, went in in front of the priests and blew the trumpets, and the regular guard went behind the Ark. But Joshua had commanded the people, Do not shout or let your voice be heard. Do not let one word come out of your mouth until the time I say shout. Then you are to shout. So the Ark of the Lord was carried around the city, circling at once. They returned to the camp and spent the night there. So again, I want to think about how you might have felt in that situation. How would you feel? You're tired, you're hungry, you're exhausted, and you're like, all right, this is the only plan we've got. Like, it's the only option we've got. So like, to me, this any option is better than just sitting in the desert. So let's, let's do it. But then you get up and you start walking around. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time being silent. So being silent, <laughs> I walk around this massive wall. I think it would be really hard, but, you know, you, you stick through it, right? You stick through it, and you just keep, keep through it and through it. I feel like there's doubts are going to start creeping up on people, right? We've, we're tired, we're hungry, like there's got to be another plan, but we're going to keep working forward. So we're going to continue on through verse 12, and it says, Joshua got up early the next morning. The priest took the ark of the Lord 
and the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets marched in front of the ark of the Lord. While the trumpets were blowing, the armed troops went in front of them, and the rear guard went behind the ark of the Lord. On the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. They did this for six days. Early on the seventh day, they started at dawn and marched around the city seven times in the same way. That was the only day they marched around the city seven times. After the seventh time, the priests blew the trumpets, and Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. So I want you guys to think about this for a minute. So, so they, they do this. They do this for seven plus days. I don't know about you, but I'd be starting to doubt and be worried and be kind of losing hope after a few days. Like, this is, this is it. Like, this is... This is insane. Like, why? Why? Like, the you know, the whole, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? When you're driving 500 plus miles somewhere. Like, I, I'd be thinking about this. Like, are we done yet? Are we done yet? Like, there's got to be another way out. There's got to be another way around. And I feel like this is just one of those moments where it's just beyond hopeless. And there's hopelessness all throughout Scripture. You read from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. There are several stories but not once have I read in the Bible where someone has walked so closely with God before first going through a hopeless situation. Think about that. There is not one story in the Bible where someone has walked so closely with God that they did not first go through a hopeless situation. So like I said, there's, there's tons of stories, but there's just a few I want to touch base on. First off is Adam and Eve, right? They literally walked with God in paradise. But then because the Satan came in and tempted them with the fruit and they chose that temptation and they chose that pathway and they ate the fruit that they were kicked out of God. They were literally walking with the creator himself and they still chose the opposite direction and got kicked out of paradise. And I mean, that's, that's got to be like the epitome of hopeless right there, right? Like you're the only two people on the planet and you had screwed it up. <laughs> and then you move on to... Joseph, Joseph was betrayed by his own family, his brothers, put in prison. How hopeless of a situation would that be? Like your your own family betrays you and throws you in prison. Next off, Moses, he was cornered on the banks of the Red Sea by the most powerful army breathing down his neck. Now, nowhere to go, a rushing sea, your entire generations of family and, and people and your armies and your Israelites with you. And there's nowhere to go. You're at the end of your rope. There's nowhere left to go but die. It seems like that's the only option left. Next up was David. He faced Goliath. He was faced with ridicule. He was faced with all these situations where it was seemingly hopeless. A giant that was ten times his size, there's no way he's going to be able to face that. There's no way you can take down this giant. There's no way you can face this situation. Completely hopeless. Next up, there was Gideon. He had an army of 300 men, and he was supposed to take on an army of 300,000 men. That in itself is a hopeless situation. Like, There's no way 300 men can take out 300,000. It's not possible. Abraham, he was told he was supposed to sacrifice his son. How hopeless do you think that would have been for, for his son Isaac and for Abraham? You're told that you're supposed to sacrifice your son. Like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, that's beyond hopeless. Lazarus, we jumped to the New Testament. Lazarus, uh, he died. 
Like there's that's the epitome of hopeless, right? Like you you die, you there's we we begged you to come, they said we begged you for days to come, but he's gone. There's nothing left you can do. It is beyond hopeless. Another hopeless situation. I mean, to top all of that, you have Jesus himself who came down in the Christmas season. And we're in the Christmas season and he came down to uh, be the king of kings and the lord of lords. And he's the one that um, they have been hearing about since the days of Elijah and the prophets. And you've been hearing these things and he came and he lived and he, he healed people. He did miracles. He is the one who's going to save us all. And then he dies. He buried all hope for humanity. All hope was lost. This was a hopeless situation. All throughout scripture we see time and time and time again. Where we are faced with constant hopeless situations. Where there's nowhere out. Nowhere left to go. A hopeless case. But. Let me throw this at you. Maybe God does his best work in seemingly hopeless situations. 1 Peter 1.3 says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I want you to think about when you sit down in a chair. Do you question whether or not that chair is going to hold you? Maybe one out of... A hundred times when you see a rickety old chair, maybe that might not hold you, but nine times out of ten, you're going to sit down in the chair without even thinking twice. That the chair's going to hold your weight and you're going to collapse to the floor. If we're willing to put that much hope and faith and trust in a chair, an inanimate object, why can't we put that amount of trust and faith in God? The one who created the heavens and the earth, the stars above, the one who can look at us and say, you are my creation and I did this for you. We trust a chair, but why can't we trust our own Heavenly Father? See, Joshua had faith and trust in God that he will do what he says he will do. See, I remember another story of the Bible where a fisherman named Peter, he comes in after a long, hard night of work and a guy named Jesus approaches and says, how is your catch? And he looked at him and he looked at him and said, we caught nothing. Another time, Jesus and his disciples were standing in a field, and Jesus had just got done speaking to 5,000 people. And Jesus tells his disciples, you better feed these people. And the disciples looked down at their lunch pails, and they looked at him and said, Master, we have nothing. Another time, early on the first day of the week, Mary and, Mary and the other Mary went to the tomb where Jesus was buried, and they looked inside, and guess what? They saw nothing. So if I can encourage you guys all at this, this morning at 1.52 in the morning, is that when you see nothing, when you receive nothing, when you are faced with absolutely nothing, that, that is when God is about to do something. You see, our God is in the business of bringing something out of nothing. But we as humans, we choose to place a period where God has placed a comma. Because when everything fails and all hope is lost, we see that's where God steps in and does his thing. You remember those stories I've told you about all the hopeless situations? You see, 
Joseph became second in command. Or Mo the story of Moses, the Red Sea parted. Gideon, 300 versus 300,000, he won without even lifting a weapon. David faced Goliath, and Goliath was slain. Lazarus was just kidding, and Jesus Christ, he came back from the dead, bringing hope and life to all those who choose to believe. One of my absolute favorite all-time Christian songs is the song Living Hope by Phil Wickham. That's why I love 1 Peter 1, 3, where it says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In that song, Living Hope, it's, it's such a beautiful song. I love it. My, my favorite part, it says, Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence came the roaring lion declaring, The grave has no claim on me. And so when you look at that song, you're like, Yeah, I know the grave, yeah, death. You know, we become Christians, we get born again. Hell is no longer an option for us. We are going to heaven. Yes, that is true. But the grave isn't just death. What's the thing? The grave isn't just death. The grave is your sin. The grave is your hopelessness. The grave is your struggles. The grave is your addictions. The grave is anything that goes against what God says is true. That is the grave. And when Christ was buried and his buried body began to breathe, out of the silence came a roaring lion declaring that grave has no claim on me. He came into the lion's den. He came into the grave out a roaring lion. He went in the grave as a lamb, the ultimate lamb sacrifice. I want you guys to think about the Old Testament right now. The Old Testament times, they had to sacrifice a lamb for the forgiveness of sins. It had to be the perfect spotless lamb. Couldn't have any blemish or any anything about it. It had to be perfect. And it had to do this all the time. I mean, personally, myself, the amount that I sin and struggle and deal with sins and and all this other stuff, if I had to sacrifice a lamb for every time I sinned, there wouldn't be enough lambs for me to go around. But the fact is, Christ was the ultimate lamb sacrifice. So when he went into the grave of a lamb, he came out a lion. I want you to think about that illustration. Going from a lamb to a lion. That's why he says, the grave has no claim on you. So that's why we come together and we say, hallelujah, praise the one who sets us free. Hallelujah, death has no grip on me. You have broken every chain. There is salvation in your name. Jesus Christ is our living hope. You need to choose to have faith. See, we can find hopeless hope in what seems like a hopeless situation because only God will turn our mess into His message, our trials into a triumph, and our tests into our testimony. So right now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're sitting there going, like, man, Phil, that's great and all, but this was 2,000 years ago. There's absolutely no way that's possible today. You don't understand the struggles and things I go with. You don't understand what I walk through. I venture you to say, you don't understand what they walk through. Think about the story of Job. He literally lost everything. Think about all these stories of hopeless situations. I venture to say that we kind of have it easy. I mean, I'm not saying we don't have, it's not hard, it's not tough, but 
I don't want to lose my entire life. I don't want to lose everything. I don't have it that bad. Yes, I struggle. Yes, I have problems. Yes, I have things I deal with. But we still don't have it as bad. So how can, you're sitting here going, that was all 2,000 years ago. How can I find hope today? See, I can, I can say pretty words. I can give you fancy answers. I can, I can quote you books left and right, movie scenes. I can give you all the things, music lyrics all day long. Talk to anybody. I love music. I can literally quote you pretty much any lyric song for any situation. I mean, here you go. But the fact is I want to direct you back to the truth that where all this stuff comes from, it stems from the Bible. See, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. It says He will. Not sometimes He will or maybe He will. No. He will direct your paths. But we have to put our faith and trust in Him with all of our heart and all of our standing and lean not on our own minds and ideas. We have to trust in Him for everything. Verse 20. So the troops shouted, and the ram's horn sounded. And when they heard the blast of the ram's horn, the troops gave a great shout, and the wall collapsed. The troops advanced into the city, each man straight ahead, and they captured the city. God came through in the end. God will always come through in the end. And so, yes, it may have seemed like a crazy plan. It may have seemed completely absurd to be like, no, don't speak, don't talk, shout, and the wall's going to come down. The fact is that we, when we trust God and we do what He says that he, he will do, we hold up to our end. He will always come through in the end. I mentioned this the other, I like to mention this. It's, it's Psalms 46 10. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, Be still and know that I am God. So I want to encourage you right now in the stillness of this time, wherever you are listening to this podcast, that you just take 60 seconds to just be still, take a breath, listen and trust in our Lord. So this may be awkward, it may be uncomfortable, but I'm going to give you right now 60 seconds to be able to just sit there and be in the presence of the Lord right now. Always take time to be still. Taking 60 seconds isn't a long time. Taking time to, to breathe and, and trust in Him. One of the most beautiful things about 
God that I love is that he is this on amazing creator created the universe the heavens the stars the galaxies all these planets that we haven't even seen yet we're can't even comprehend all that he has created everything down to the last detail of the smallest leaf and the fact that that same creator amazing person we get to call him father when we accept christ as our savior we get to call him father and say god thank you for being there and the beautiful part about that is he's such an omnipotent creator and has created these beautiful things but he looks at you and i and says this is my creation this is my da vinci this is my masterpiece i don't know about you guys but sometimes i look in the mirror and i don't feel like a masterpiece i feel like a bunch of broken pieces but the fact is we are we are a bunch of broken pieces but God can take these broken pieces and put us back together and put us in the direction that he wants us to be in. And so if you're struggling and you're walking through some things and you're just like, man, it's just kind of tons of hopeless situations, I want to encourage you to first off take time to look at the word, look at the scriptures, see how God comes through in the end. He's always there for us. And the fact is we need to stop placing periods and allow God to place commas. Trust in his timing, trust in his thing. Lean not on our own understandings, our own knowledge of what we feel like is best. Trust the Lord with every single thing that we can do and walk forward. And I guarantee you, you will be in amazing and awe of what God's going to do. If you guys ever need to talk about something i hope you know if you you know me personally you can always reach out to me and talk to me if you go to another church find someone around you that you can talk to about this <laughs> our world is crazy and i believe it's only going to get crazier so we need to take this time to trust in god and if you don't know god as your personal savior take this time to reach out to someone and find out how to change that and so tonight, we're just sitting here having a conversation, just me and you guys. I want to just let you guys know that there is always hope in every hopeless situation. When you feel like you can't walk forward, when you feel like you can't do it anymore, let go, surrender, and fall into the arms of our Heavenly Father. And that is when you will find peace that passes all understanding. So guys, I want to thank you for coming to the podcast. And I know it's been kind of heavy. Um, it's kind of been kind of serious. And so this has just been on my heart. And I, I, I love getting to share like this with people. And getting to share the good news of who God is. And there's more to my story. There's more to that. So again, if you know me, you want to know more of my story, I'll, I'll gladly share it. It's not something that needs to be on a podcast. It's this is that's more private one on one stuff. But I'm always there to talk. I'm always there to listen. But the one person who's always there is our Heavenly Father that is willing to listen and say, I'm right here. Come home. So thank you guys again for listening to our podcast. We'll be on again next week. We got some cool things coming up. Um, some cool guests coming on our podcast. It'll be exciting to see where this goes. So stay tuned for um, some new and exciting things. Normally we end the podcast with a joke. But uh, <laughs> after this podcast, I think ending 
on a joke might be a little um, kind of interesting, but I think that is just some things we need to take in consider consideration that that as we go into this Christmas season, that we just trust in God and see that the hope that He comes, behold, He comes as a baby to take away the sins of the world. And that we'll walk forward in that. Thanks for joining us today, guys.